This is the Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, where you'll hear about many aspects of law in England and Wales with special guests, industry experts, and local charities. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello, and welcome to season four of the Legal Lounge. If you haven't heard the shows in the first three seasons, there's plenty of content for you if you're going through a divorce, want to know more about claiming for injuries, or if you're training to be a lawyer. You'll also meet some amazing local charities and learn about the work they do. You can listen to these shows on your favourite podcast app and get more information by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Personal injury lawyers and mental health first aiders Debbie Humphreys and Karen Clark discuss mental health in the workplace and how Lanyon Bowdler excels in the support it offers to staff. Debbie and Karen's work involves helping people affected by all types of personal injury claims, including fatalities and catastrophic injuries. During the course of their work, they can become close to their clients and are able to signpost them to the mental health support they may need. They are also very mindful of the support their team needs. Hi, I'm Debbie. I'm here with Karen today, talking about our roles um, within the personal injury department and thinking a little bit more about mental health, how it affects our clients, how it affects us as lawyers um, and what we do to try and make sure that our mental health is is as well as it can be. So I'm quite looking forward to doing the podcast, Deb, you know, even though I'm a bit nervous about it because it's an opportunity to actually show that I'm actually a real person because I think there's a bit of a stigma around lawyers and we're just office people who get paid a lot of money which is not quite true um and that we're not really a real person and actually we are a real person with real thoughts and real feelings and working in personal injury whilst we're not frontline facing like the police or the the fire brigades going to traumatic accidents we are perhaps the next line of frontline in that if somebody's going to bring a claim that evidence that's gathered at that scene by that fireman or by that policeman is evidence that we're going to have to come into possession of to help support moving a claim forwards and that can have an impact. Yeah I mean there's lots of departments within the firm that have to deal with things that are difficult you know whether that's people within the family department with children issues with divorce but thinking also about some of the domestic abuse side of things and and really for us there is no opportunity to say no, I don't want to consider that or no, I don't want to have to look at that because that's part of what we need to know and what we need people to talk to us about. So it is, you know, it isn't always pleasant, but it's part of our job. And I think that we have to live accidents with clients when they talk to us about them and as difficult as it is for them to have to kind of relive and talk it through it's really important for us that we know from day one exactly what it is that they've gone through and um, and what it is that we can do then to try and move things forward for them and to, to offer them the support and the legal advice that they need to get on the next part of their journey. How are you Deb? I'm all right how about you? I'm okay really okay really good at the moment good and that's really how we start most of our days in the office checking in with each other making sure everybody's okay and just having a few minutes before the day starts to make sure that people are are doing all right and and are happy to be with us and working that day you know we've been back in the office now for a while we've all tried to come back in and get back into working in an office at a desk with people in open plan 
which has its challenges on some days. But I think as a department and as a team, we were all really, really keen to get back in. I think we are what we would say a work family. And I think we all support each other, um, often unknowingly, to get people through the day when they're having to deal with quite difficult and challenging clients who have suffered difficult and challenging injuries Um, and that has an impact on how it makes you feel trying to work with people whose lives have been turned upside down often by serious injury serious accidents catastrophic injuries that they had no pre-warning was about to happen I think that's absolutely right I think personal injury is really difficult you know, we deal with fatal claims, we deal with simple, straightforward whiplash claims, we deal with head injury claims where somebody's life is never, ever going to be the same. So that can take its toll. It takes a toll on the clients, it takes the toll on the family, it takes the, the toll on the, the lawyers involved in the case. And often, I think the biggest problem is these cases take such a long time to get to the end that you've actually become part, almost part of their family, haven't you? And by the time you finish the claim, you've seen them go through their journey for recovery to get to the the outcome that they can have to then get them the award that they need to, to, to go forwards. And it, it's challenging. It can be challenging. You know, we've we've both had cases recently, haven't we, that they've become a real challenge for us to manage in the day. And the only way you can get through that is to keep an eye on your mental health as you go. And keep an eye on the mental health of the team around you and do what, you know what I do, stationary gets me through, new pen, <laughs> new day, new book, all fine. But those are little things you can do. Yeah. Um, and they are the little things that, that make something manageable. As a firm, I think that we are very, very aware of staff mental health. And I do think we do have now a culture of making sure that people have got a venue to talk about things and have got um, signposting to people or other departments or colleagues who have got the skill set to help them signpost them to to things that they might need a a time to make sure that they can still give 100% at work but they're being supported in whatever is going on whether that's in work or out of work. And I do think the mental health, you and I as both as mental first aiders for the firm, we've got that additional bonus really of the training of looking for things that might not quite be as they are, as perhaps as somebody would want them to. Ask twice if somebody's okay, are they generally okay? Sometimes it's not about what somebody says, it's about how they say it. Are they looking at you when they answer the question? Are they faffing as they're answering the question? Their body language? Are they? You've really got to be aware that if somebody says they are okay, do you generally believe that they're okay? And if they're not, is there something more that we can do? Whether that be something to do with their work environment that needs changing or whether it's something to do, they've got a problem at home and they're doing their best to come to work to hold on to normality because that's one coping mechanism, but they could do with a bit more support. Since, you know, we've come back into the office and we really have encouraged people to come back into the office, that ability to see people on a day-to-day basis or even, you know, every other day, you get to see people face-to-face. You get to see them, in the, you know, look them in the eye and you get to know whether they do need some extra support. And I think the initiatives that we've done as a firm since we have 
been away from the office during COVID, but certainly since we've come back in, it's kind of highlighted how this is a real um, area that as a firm from a HR point of view and just generally that we we excel in. You know, we've got different things that are there to signpost as we've talked about, but also just little things. We've had books encouraging people to go out with walks, using route books. Everybody got to choose, if you remember, um, something that they would be interested in from kind of aromatherapy and um, mind boxes, walking books for the local area to try and get everybody out. But I have to say, some of it wasn't quite as successful as we would have liked, was it? Because when we think about the origami box, where you could make a rose by following the simple instructions, which were really not simple and could not be done in an hour's lunchtime. So I've never mastered a rose from the origami, but the principle was there. It was a nice thought. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I think sometimes Sometimes when you talk to other people who are outside of LB, you just see that that's not something that is perhaps always considered. And you talk to people, I mean, we've we've been involved in recruitment over the last month or so. And just kind of when you go through with somebody who's new to the firm, the types of things that we do to check in with people and the schemes that we've got access to as staff members that will allow people to have uh, medical assessments or counselling. The people that we've talked to about it have, have come from firms where that level of additional support isn't there. And I think that they've been quite surprised by how invested we are. And I think that's quite disappointing, really. I mean, you think about COVID as as an event that we've lived through and survived through was a massive thing for lots of people on various different levels. And we had the Let's Get Britain Talking by my favourite couple, Anton Deck. You know, you think about that and you think about how important it was. I think it's really sad. One of the saddest things I think we have... I mean, my my personal belief, you know, I think if somebody takes their own life for me, that is the saddest thing ever. That in the world that we live in, with the sort of resources that we have online, the sort of the way the culture is now, it's okay to talk about mental health. Years ago, it wasn't. Years ago, you wouldn't tell somebody if you were stressed at work because you'd be frightened you'd lose your job. You know, all of that stigma has gone. So much work's gone into that. And during COVID, you know, certainly in our street, we did a WhatsApp group. Everybody had everybody's number. Everybody checked in on everybody. Everybody looked out for everybody. If somebody was going shopping, you could leave a note on your door if you needed milk and somebody would pick it up. And I kind of hope that would kind of carry on. And then post-COVID, everybody went back to, it's all about me. And that's sad because we learned a lot in COVID about looking out for each other, how the pace of life changed. We all took a step back. Everybody slowed down. We all thought, right, this is our moment to start looking after ourselves, looking after each other. And almost it feels like COVID never happened and everybody's reverted back. And I think it's really sad after all that work, you've got businesses out there that don't think about mental health at all for their staff I mean as you say we've got our Westfield scheme we know to refer staff if they need it we've got our badges that we wear so that staff members know that we are a person you can come and talk to if you need to talk to just a bit of a coffee sometimes they just need to know that what they're doing is the best that they can do and that that's okay and I think it's really important that you know our own managing partner sits on that first aid 
group with us and is a mental first aider. And that's really important because it says to all staff on any level, I'm your leader and I'm a mental first aider, which means you can come to me because it just gets rid of that stigma of I can't tell you if I'm struggling at work because I might lose my job because that's that's not the case. The fact that when we sit around that table as first aiders, there is just such a range of people who sit around there. So for anybody at any any level within the firm, there is somebody that they know at their level in terms of experience or their you know their job role, but within their office or perhaps outside their department, if they feel that they'd rather talk to somebody who's not with them on a day to day basis. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I I think it's one of the things, one of our big strengths, and I think coming back into the office has made a real difference to people who were perhaps nervous about coming back, who perhaps had been recruited while we were all working from home and hadn't had any experience of being in the office with with other people. You know, it says a lot about us as a firm that we, we do that, and it's one of the main priorities on a daily basis. And I think it's important that we understand that mental health can take all sorts of shapes and sizes and it's not necessarily stress at work that could be a reason. It could be that they're worried about finances. I mean, we've got the energy crisis at the minute in terms of how that's impacting people, particularly people on low incomes. We've got our pension society who are choosing between eating or heating. You know, these are real, real struggles for people. And, you know, I always think life's a bit of a journey. You're going to have your little humps in the road. So your your life events that you get over the hump and then you have the mountains. Everybody's going to have mountains in their life journey. And sometimes you might just need somebody sitting at the top of the mountain that leans over and says, I don't have the answer, but I'll give you a helping hand. And I think that's what our focus is within the firm, not only towards our staff, who are really, really important, but to our clients. Mm. We're dealing with clients who have had traumatic events. Nobody plans certainly the majority of people don't plan to have a traumatic accident sometimes the injuries are catastrophic and the outcome is that their life will never ever be the same and they have to adjust to that and that isn't something the stronger even the strongest person in the world could not adapt to their life being picked up thrown in the air pieces on the floor and being told to put back together and by the way you're not ever going to be the same again so you know it's about learning to understand how things impact people and knowing that what I might feel really strong about and manage easily, you would find really, really difficult to cope with and knowing that one one size does not fit all. The range of types of clients that we have that we deal with on a daily basis, a lot of the things that we do, you know, with each other is something that we often suggest to clients for them to do themselves because, yes, we appreciate that ultimately our job is to get them to a settlement, to get compensation for them that will support them and you know, those in their family for, for the rest of their lives. But we also know that sometimes the, the claims that don't have the high value attached to them have still got the same level of impact, the same ripple effect for everybody else within the family. So us being aware of the talking therapies that are perhaps available to everybody in, in Shropshire, just being able to give them a number for them to give a call to and for them to feel like they are in control and able to take steps not through the litigation process but just for themselves and I think you know lots of people struggle to get contact with GPs because of waiting lists or therapy because of waiting lists so 
anything that we can do to kind of point people in the direction knowing what we do about Shropshire and, and the areas that we work within um, allows us to just give them that bit of extra added value of, of pointing them in a direction not because of the case but just genuinely because as as people you want to see them be able to move forward in the best way that they can it's listening to them and letting them know you understand and them knowing you generally when mm. I say we generally care about the outcome of our clients I generally mm. generally mean that I've mm. not acted for one person ever and I've done 27 years here I've not yet acted for one person where I thought I really didn't give a damn what the outcome was. I've cared about every single outcome. That's when I talk about we have to look after our own mental health because these people, you become invested in that person. Some of the, I always say to clients, you always laugh when I do it, don't you? Every time I meet a new client, I'll always say to them, just to let you know, we're going to be friends for about mm, five, six years. And I generally mean that because you're going to tell me things, you're not going to tell your best friend. And you know, how we manage our mental health doing that is I tell Debbie things that I would not tell my husband. You use what's around, don't you? Absolutely. You talk it through with people. And also in a way, sometimes it's about protecting clients from what's being said and thinking about how to broach that with them. Because sometimes the people who in our, you know, for us, the defendants might be their employer or it might be somebody that they know, but it goes out of that individual's hand or that company's hands into the insurer's. And the insurers or their solicitors will say whatever they, they'll just say it, how, however it's been presented to them. And when you've took instructions from somebody, when you know how hard it's been for somebody to decide they're going to bring a claim against their employer or against somebody they've had an accident on their property or somebody that they know, and for them to be challenged as to what's happened or to, to be challenged as to what their Facebook account's showing or, you know, from a social media point of view, some photograph that they've posted and you have to give an explanation of, about that. It's a skill to be able to, to, to project what you need and get the information that you need, but at the same time having that thought process about how is that going to impact on this client when I tell them. You think about all sorts of things all the time. All of the time. Sometimes, you know, in a serious head injury, somebody's life expectancy could be affected. And you're going to have to face this person and you're going to have to say to them, I need to tell you that the the expert medical evidence is that your life expectancy has probably been shortened by five years. We can't guarantee either how much life expectancy they've lost we have to say to them the expectation is possibly five to seven years and you've got to tell that person that sometimes I feel like we're not just lawyers we're doctors we're counselors we're friends we're family and you and but you've got to adopt you've got to keep switching your hat which hat have I got on we have to tell them and look after their mental health to, to support them as they understand this information particularly if it's a child and you've got to say to the parents your son may not get to 22 because of the damage of this injury and I always think brain injury ones are a bit of a a bit of a difficult one anyway because if somebody survived a brain injury if it's a significant brain injury they look like the person they were before they had this accident but they're a very different personality so for the family that can be a real mind blow because to everybody outside the world that person is still there but they're actually grieving actually grieving the person they've lost because what they've got is not the same person and defendants are really good it's really easy for a defendant isn't it they never meet our clients unless we go to a JSM and nine times out of ten the actual person who caused the injury isn't there 
because it's an insurer decision, not a, not an individual's decision. So they never get to see the impact. So they can make wild allegations or, or say what they want about somebody and trying to explain to them, you need to understand for this family, they have this person, but this person is, is a shell of what they used to be. They are not capable as, as a... As a I don't know, a breadwinner to the family or they can't be a hands-on dad because they haven't got the capability because their mental age has, has been reduced from the injury. So I always think brain injury ones are really difficult and I'm always alive to the fact, I think probably just from my own personal experience, I've got a son who's got some brain damage from brain surgery and he didn't have his brain surgery until he was seven. So I had seven years with one character and then I've had the rest of his life with somebody that's very, very different. So I always think, Sometimes it's good to share a bit of yourself with a client so they understand when you're saying to them, I understand that you're going to be grieving what you had because what you've got is different. And if I liken that to my own experience, it means to them, they know when I say it, I mean it. I'm not just pulling that out of a file we might have read or a report we might have read from a different case. And I'm actually talking to them as a person. I think we're all very much that we try and think outside the box clients we've got a big box so deb we do have a big box <laughs> um but i think that that adds to what we can offer to clients because we've got lots of fee owners with lots of experience and because we do meet up we do kind of share uh, knowledge and have kind of our file amnesties when we're we've hit a brick wall with them and we'll go and talk to department head and say you know who wants to swap this file but everybody's got experience and everybody can offer a solution if you up against something and you just can't see a way forward to try and do something that not only supports your client but again, it goes back full circle to the fact that you never feel like you're in, you're alone with your files, that you've always got somebody who is there to sit with you to go through something or to talk something through if it is that you've just got to the point where you can't, you can't think of how to deal with the next point. Not only through our mental health first aid, but we know that Part of it is that we have to look after our own mental health to make sure that we're mentally well enough to look after anybody that might need that support. So knowing if you've been on a difficult case, I mean, you know, if you've got a fatal case and it's sad because every fatal case is sad, you know that you might have to say to a colleague, I've just been working on that case. And sometimes it might just take, here's a cup of coffee and a biscuit, or it might take, should we just go for a quick walk at lunchtime and have a break? But little, tiny little things that can make an absolute world of difference to somebody who's going through a rotten time. Thanks to Debbie and Karen for lending their expertise. More proof that lawyers don't bite. If you have a legal issue you'd like me to put to the team to cover in an upcoming episode, please let me know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you found the conversation useful, please remember to follow or subscribe on your app so you're notified of new releases. Speak to you soon. That was the Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.